once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. Today, we are here with Bradley Zordrager, author, marketing manager, pretty much just a metal extraordinaire here to give you some advice and some tips. And first, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for having me. No, we're excited to have you. And so for people who may not know who you are, uh, because they've been living under a rock, um, (laughs) do you want to just give like a brief history and uh, who you are, what you do, and kind of what you're up to now? Yeah. um, I mean, I can go into great detail, but I I won't because that'll take- Nutshell version. Yeah, I could tell the whole, I could could take up the whole podcast doing so. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I I started in in journalism. Uh, I went to school for journalism. I, I was the well, I still am uh, like the um, metal hardcore assistant editor for Exclaim, which is Canada's only music magazine still in print and available across the nation. Um, and, you know, I write for a bunch of places. I do uh, on-camera album reviews for Banger TV. Um, I did a little record label for a while until I realized I don't like doing that. Um, <laughs> I've tour managed bands. I've, you know, production managed shows. I've done March, March for bands. I've driven for bands on tour. Um, and yeah, now I do marketing management for bands, uh, which is something I kind of fell into, <laughs> um, but I really like it. So it's cool. I have to like force myself some evenings to play video games. So I relax. Cause like, otherwise I'll just keep working. Um, relax. What is this word? Relax. I don't yeah. know if Curtis what? and I are familiar what? with the word. Is this French? No. <laughs> yeah. Are you French Canadian or something? Like what? <laughs> no, not at all. I took French until grade eleven, and I can't speak a fucking lick of it. So, but that was a it, failure of the education system. Bradley, so in, in all seriousness, though, so you, so you kind of okay, so kind of go over how you started with brand to sacrifice, then, because that's like your first like marketing role, because that's that's kind of like the thing we really want to focus on today. So, can you kind of go over that? Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of knew some of those guys for a long time just because they're in and around the same scene um, as me, but I don't know if I'd even ever met any of them in person. I did doors for their old band, the after image, which was like a genty metalcore band. Uh, the venue, you know, contracted me for that or whatever, not, not the band, uh, but I kind of met them and then eventually they started brand of sacrifice and you know, it's based on the manga anime called berserk. And I was like, that's kind of an interesting story. Um, I think there might be a cool interview here. So I did that. I tried to shop it around for a while to uh, like nerd publications, you know, like Kotaku or IGN to see if any of them would pick it up based on the anime manga angle and didn't happen. And, but we just, we had just kind of kept in touch from there. And eventually Kyle texted me just like venting about, or messaged me on Facebook, like uh, venting about the fact that, you know, their, their extras for their music video had bailed last minute and I was on tour with a pop punk band at the time, but the night before the shoot was a Toronto show. And then the next day was the Hamilton show, which is only like 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So we, I was like, I think I can maybe make this happen. Like me and my friend are going to come uh, be in the, in the video. So we, we were in the video and then I still had this story that I was sitting on and 
I was just kind of sick of it because I had written it and I was just sitting on it. Um, and I was writing for Kerrang! Uh, US at the time. And I was like, you want this story? And, you know, they were like, yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, they didn't really have budget or like open for it. So I was like, just fucking put it up. I don't care at this point. Like it, it, it's, Probably. it's been sitting around for so long. It's like, I just want it to be off my plate and like out there as something that I've done. And uh, yeah, I don't know. The guys and I just kind of kept in contact because I've been around doing music stuff and they would ask me questions and I would bounce ideas off them. And um, about a year ago, uh i had a call with leo and he had asked me if i could help with like an album rollout plan yeah. so we we spitball on that uh and some of that stuff actually ended up happening uh for lifeblood which came out you know march of this year uh so about a year later uh some of it didn't you know some of it you know kind of fell by the wayside as we went through with uh with the plans and then um yeah so we were just kind of like I don't know it's like you know you know when you're like dating somebody but you're like not really officially dating somebody it was kind of like that for a long time with them and then it was yeah. like I woke up one day and I was like do you want to accept uh, control of Brad at brandofsacrifice.com and then my signature said marketing manager so I was like all right I guess that's what I do now um so here I am <laughs> that's awesome um Okay, so before before I really 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 go into this any any further, first question I had. So, were you the one that gave them their first major press article then with the Krang thing, or were they kind of already getting press before that? They had some. I believe they had some press before that, but not on like that level of like yeah. a giant feature in a in a publication like Kerrang. They had, they had some stuff, but it was, you know, smaller blurbs or, you know, I think there was an interview or two, but it was um, smaller publications. If I remember correctly, don't, you know, don't quote me on that because I wasn't like hyper invested in them at the time. Right. So I, yeah. I don't remember. No, I'm just, it's just funny because because I know most people kind of fall into their, you know, uh, management or marketing or PR roles with bands at first, just by what you're saying, like they write about them first and then they kind of get in. And in there afterwards, Corey did that. I did that. So it's yeah, just interesting. <laughs> um, so okay, so you so you became the marketing manager. Now you have no background in marketing that I'm aware of. If you do, correct me. If, am I, am uh, I wrong? Nothing. Not, okay, so you're 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 a journalism guy. You have a journalism degree. Uh, you basically work for metal publications and exclaim. Um, so how does one transition from being a journalist to a marketing guy? Uh, I think it has, there's a lot more crossover than one might assume because when you're doing journalism, I mean, obviously uh, music journalism and any kind of journalism that's based in any kind of fandom is overcrowded because anybody can start a publication yep. in the internet, which is both a great and a not so great thing. And um, so it's overcrowded. So you really need to learn how to stand out. So you learn what appeals to people and what doesn't appeal to people. Um, and then, you know, and kind of how to, you know, ride the line with like sensationalist bullshit and like where it's appropriate and where it's not um, and how to make it not sensationalist, even if it's based in something that could be. Um, and then, you know, you kind of learn how to promote stuff with no money um, yep. because there's very little budget in a lot of journalism stuff and i think that i kind of take that approach with marketing where uh i don't think that your approach should immediately just be to dump money into something i've talked to 
bands before and they were just like why like i i dump a thousand dollars a month into this like every month like why is nothing happening i was like well people are, are people clicking on your posts yeah before yep. because like if you have uh like a thought like just for ease of math if you have a thousand facebook likes and your posts are getting two likes on them if you spend the money to get that in front of ten thousand people you're not even going to get 20 likes on that because the original a thousand people who saw the post in theory um you know obviously this is simplifying algorithms but who saw the post um were predisposed to like your content because they liked your page mm -hmm. so i i don't really even think about that um you know it's like kind of like throw gasoline on the fire or whatever don't try to yeah. start a fire with from nothing so i i i think of ideas that'll get traction i think more organically and get people talking get people going and then it's like then you can worry about taking out ads on it rather than just burning money i get it ads because anybody can say listen to this fucking album it's heavy as fuck but it's like eh, nobody really reacts nobody's to that nobody's gonna pay attention <laughs> well yeah corinne said this the other day too i think it was you corinne where you were talking about this with, with where you need to have the audience first before you really kind of get into the advertising role on it uh anyways i'll let, I'll let you answer ask the next question friend no, 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 I was going to just agree with you. That's, that's totally true. And it's, it's because without an audience, you don't even know who to target with your ads. Yep. There's like, yep. there's no basis to go off of. So you're going to be blindly targeting people who aren't, aren't even going to identify with what you're saying. Yeah. And if you have a thousand likes and you're only getting two likes on your, your posts, the people who are already predisposed to liking your stuff don't even like it. So nobody else is going to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That wasn't really a question, just an observation. Um, but are you noticing that certain types of content definitely work better than others for, you know, the audiences that you're going for or that could work broadly across more audiences? Uh, I think generally what works best is just thinking outside of the box. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I was talking uh, the other day to my friend and I was saying, because I, I was in school for advertising uh, before this. I thought I wanted out of music because I went mm -hmm. an entire month without listening to music. The thought of listening to music made me feel like sick to my stomach. So I was like, this is not sustainable. So I wanted to get out and then I, you know, ended up getting more deeply involved than I ever had before, which is funny. Um, awesome. But yeah, so I, I, I was talking to my friend about, um, you know, in advertising because everything's so hyper targetable now that you kind of have to because we see so many advertisements that I think people don't even take it in you know it's funny because people are like ad block this ad block that it's like I don't even need ad block but I can't tell you what ads I saw this morning because I see so many of them that I just forget about it you know it's just in one in one eye out the other um so I was thinking you know if there was like an ad for somebody and they're you know here I've got you know rain energy drink and they're holding a can like this cool um, whereas like if the next day I go by and they're holding a can like this with the metal horns up, I'm going to take notice, you know? So you just, I think mm. you just got to take a little, think a little bit outside, uh, the box. I mean, the one thing that we did with brand of sacrifice, and this is, I think one of the first, I mean, one of the first things that we did was, um, start the branded ones, which is our like fan. I don't want to say fan club. Cause I don't like the term. It feels like, uh, there's, a an imbalance of, of, 
power and person there and I don't like that but it's like a fan community uh that we hang out in and uh that was one of the first things that you know I, I was like I think we really need to have a direct uh means of communication with the people who support us I think that that would be a really good thing and then the other thing was for our album launch we did like a and again, this is simplifying it, how I was with algorithms earlier, but it was like a VR kind of thing. It's not an actual VR thing, but it's like a 360 thing where you are in our album art and you're looking around. And it's like, right. we're very proud mm -hmm. of our the world building that we've done with our album art. You know, it's obviously, our band is based on, um, you know, Berserk, but it's not just like, it's not like we're just taking Berserk stuff. Like we're making uh, our own world that, you know, you know, people who like Berserk probably can, uh, see it and be like oh that's cool like i understand that they like this but it's not its own thing so we're very proud of our of our artwork but we are not so i was like why would we just fucking put the album art out and just be like yeah the song's out like big fucking deal like here's your art like i guess like it's like i wanted to make it more of a big deal than that so i was like let's do like this vr 360 experience thing where you're in the art and you can like look all around the art awesome. and so we did that and I'm not, you know, naive or full of myself enough to say that, you know, we're changing the game or anything with that. Like, it's not like, I don't think that we're, you know, using, you know, VR immersive, whatever you want to call it, technology in a way that's truly like groundbreaking in the same way that when Slipknot did like their VR store, I thought that kind of was, you know, you could walk around the store and click on stuff and buy it off the wall. like. Yep. Um, that was like, whoa, but at the same time, maybe that's not that groundbreaking. Maybe it is um, something that's been done before, but you know, I just haven't seen it in my little metal sphere. Um, so we were just kind of trying to do that in a way where it's not, we're not changing the world, but you know, for a band of our size in our genre to do something like that is kind of like, whoa, and it got attention because of that. And people, you know, were, were visiting it and posting about it because of that. Um, you know, again, not changing the world, but, you know, uh, a little bit of a shock to the system to people who generally operate in and around our uh, world. Cool. Have you guys, uh, do you know if they've increased their sales uh, a fair amount since this campaign that you've worked on? Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Easily. Easily. I mean, I mean, you can just look at the charts, you know, from, yeah. from the album and compared to the last album uh, or like even Spotify Monthly. I mean, we started this album with... 85k spot spotify monthly we're at 280k spotify monthly now um, oh i didn't know it was that much of a fucking increase so you you increased them by like uh, over double Holy yeah no over triple over triple, like, triple? Um, yeah. wow yeah, so so i mean i, I don't want to say you know you say you you increase them i don't i don't want to say that because that feels well, not, like yeah, yeah. but this campaign this campaign yeah. in general yeah yeah uh Corinne, did you have a follow-up before I go to the next one? Oh, no, go ahead. Go on to the next one. Oh, okay. I have a, fo a follow-up. Corinne didn't include us in her fucking Metal Injection Spotify increase column. I was like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> Just So I do that entire column manually. That's it's false. not like an algorithm or anything like that. And it takes me about six hours to pull it all together. But I will add you to the list of bands that I need to do that for. Because I actually yeah. have to do that today. So, oh shit, no way. I will add you to the list. It's a six hour endeavor. And most people assume it's like me pulling it from the Spotify algorithm or something, or like the API or something like that. No, I do it completely manually, clicking into every single person's Spotify channel. 
I don't know if it's if, if it's yours or if it's I, I know that uh, Metal Sucks does a similar one, but one of them has like the data like spreadsheet at the bottom of it. So it's like you can see that it's manual. Yeah, I, I removed the spreadsheet just because it looks like a mess on our website. But yeah. yeah, I have like a Google sheet that I build that whole thing. in, <laughs> yeah, And then yeah. I have it all programmed to do all the math for me. Yeah, no, I'm just giving you shit. I don't actually give a shit, but um, I'm just saying everybody assumes it's an API, but it's not. It's actually just me clicking into everybody's profile and there's 400 bands on it. So. But even if it even if it was like in theory, even if it was an API, it doesn't mean that the API would add the new bands for you automatically. You would still have to add the new bands into your uh, into your thing or whatever, you know, do you. So, do, OK, ask like like riddle me this uh do you have a playlist that has a song from each of these bands so that you can just click on each of them no but i should do that yeah you should do that for sure Brad, bradley's <laughs> now taking control of the entire interview and turned it into a pitch for brand to sacrifice it's fucking no. well no i'm just i'm just saying like you know rather than having to type it all in if you just have a playlist yeah. you click on it take the note take the note down then click the back button click on the next one so just would make it easier you know. Yeah, I have them all hyperlinked, so at least I do that, so I can just, you know, click into each one that way. But I doing a playlist would be brilliant too. Yeah, because then, because then it it takes you out of you have to go to your browser, click yep. on it, it opens it up in Spotify. You have to go back to your browser, which is like, yeah, it doesn't take very long because it it automatically does it for you. But every it, second counts on that list because it takes yeah. every second saved because it's so long. <laughs> Dude, this is funny torso you have torso fuck on here that is I not a band i expected somebody, to have on there somebody got really salty about torso fuck not being on there like we get really salty fans about that and salty managers about their band not being on that list because they're like oh they're just using an api and pulling in all these metal bands why isn't blah i'm like no you have to tell me this band exists yeah i mean honestly like at this point like it wouldn't matter as much for mm. uh for brand because like we had our massive growth over the last while so it wouldn't be anything like crazy or anything but um yeah i was just like that's it's just funny you know what's fucked up i'm on this right now and i'm looking at evanescence and i'm convinced that in my mind because i like evanescence is spelled obviously how you have it there but for me i thought it was evanescence and I'm like looking at it and like, it's like the Berenstein Bears thing. I'm like, that's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. It's not how it looks in my mind. Like what the fuck? <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, they haven't released an album in like a fucking decade. So it's fair that no. you know, their name faded in my, until like last week or something, you know? So it's yeah. fair that it faded in my shit. But anyway. So, so now that Brad hijacked the interview, I'm going to take back control. Yeah, hell uh, yeah. Do it. Um, so basically what I was going to ask you is how does the marketing manager kind of overlap or kind of assist with the publicist? Uh, so I, you know, truthfully, like I, like I said, I haven't, I don't have no education in this. So in terms of like a traditional marketing manager, I'm with you, fully sure. But yeah, with me, um, we, we work with a publicist, Charlie Beezer. She works with, uh, Cosa Nostra and, um, she, I just kind of like, because I have a, an inkling of what I would like to see as a journalist and, you know, you know, what kind of pitches would work for me and stuff. I, I just like come up with like ideas. I'm like, Hey, we should pitch this publication on a story kind of like, like this or whatever. And then I run all this stuff, you know, by her. And then, you know, sometimes, sometimes she's like, that's awesome. And sometimes she's like, no, because of this, which I think is wonderful because I'm learning from her. 
you know, I, I, I can learn your, I know all my stuff from like the journalist side of thing, but you know, she on the other hand um, has a different, so I, I'm learning about how that works. So yeah, I come up with ideas or like sometimes, you know, if we're doing a story or whatever, and um, I know somebody at the publication, like, I think there's, uh, you know, obviously there's like something of like a power imbalance with like publicists and journalists where even though we're all friends, it's like, well, not all. I'm sure there are some people who aren't, but like, yeah, not everyone. <laughs> you're always asking somebody for something, right? So, um, I think coming at it sometimes from a journalist standpoint allows me to just be like, hey, check this out, you know, in like a little bit more of a of a friendly way. And I, yeah, I've just built relationships with these with my journalist peers. So, so sometimes I'll just be like, hey, can you check this out? And if you're feeling it, cool. Uh, sometimes we, you know. Like I come up with uh, article ideas and I and I say like, hey, do you think we could do something with this over in this direction? And, you know, she'll either take it and run with it or be like, uh, no, because of this. And I'll be like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. That is a, you know, a flaw in my uh, thinking there. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know traditionally how much there is an overlap, but I think, you know, publicists like PR work is essentially marketing. It is. Yeah. It's like a specific branch of marketing, which is getting somebody else to do your marketing for you. Um, so I think it's, you know, pretty intrinsically related, even if, you know, other bands have marketing managers who don't fully do that. And I think, you know, I think, you know, when I, when I, I had a weird time taking on the mantle of marketing manager at first, because, you know, to me, a marketing manager is like, oh, we take out the fucking Facebook and the Google ads and stuff. And it's like, I can do that too. But like, that's not really, you know, what I do. So I was like, is this mm -hmm. really what I do? But I just think it's, um, it's marketing manager for, you know, 2021, which makes me sound more, you know, fucking futuristic or whatever than I am. <laughs> but I, I mean, I was talking to my friend the other day um, and he was saying that, you know, back when, you know, one of his projects was first starting out, like you, you could take $500, you could dump it into fucking Facebook and you'd get insane traction. Yep. And then, like, not that long after, you know, everybody started to figure that out. So you just stopped getting traction. And then uh, he works for like, you know, in video games and like, you know, like, you know, he, he, he knows, so he knows the budgets for video games that they're, you know, your, your band is dumping $500 to get your music video scene. And like these video games are dumping hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars into acquisition um, and purchases for their game. So it's like, it's, I feel like the, there is definitely still a place obviously for like buying ads and stuff but you know I, I i think my fear of well i'm not like number one ultimate genius buying ads i i think more about like outside the box um i think my over time my fears have kind of been acquiesced because i can learn that stuff but it's harder i think to get your brain broken like mine is and think in like really weird ways that mm -hmm permeating stuff I'm just I'm just weird I come up with ideas that make no sense and then we make them make sense and then they work because people are like holy shit that's wild um fair enough fair enough um Corinne did you want to go over anything more marketing related before I switch over to uh him as a journalist well I actually did have a question on ads is there a platform that at the their ad system actually does work for you because I know that Facebook and whatnot is just garbage anymore if you're not dumping millions of dollars into it but have you had any luck with like Google YouTube the Blastbeat ad network any of those kind of places where do you see them actually working or do they just not anymore <laughs> I mean I um 
it's funny because I, you know, worked in uh, journalism for a long time and still kind of do. Um, but, you know, unless it's hyper targeted, I don't know how well it works with that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I think the reason that Decibel still does so many premieres and that they probably do well for Decibel is because like Decibel has really curated the kind of content that mm -hmm. they do. So it's like, even if, even if it's like a style of metal you dislike, it's like probably at least quality metal. So there's a good chance that, you know, your average decibel reader who likes um, some of the genres on there can it, well, you know, there's like a, probably like a 50% chance if they click on a random premiere article, they might at least like it because they probably like a few different genres of metal. Um, and I think that that would extend to, um, to advertising and stuff. Um, so for Rent a Sacrifice, I haven't actually done any ad buys or whatever. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, the guys, I, the guys I think have maybe done like some small ones and I, and I offered to take care of it, but like it wasn't, I think a major part of what we were um, pushing. And I mean, I, I mean, I interact with Brand of Sacrifice all over the internet, obviously. And I've, I've never seen an ad for that, for them from their page pop up, which I think suggests that uh, any buys we've done have been pretty minimal because you'd think I would have seen it. Um, I saw but, some, but maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe not. Huh? Sorry, what was that? I th think I saw an ad for them at one point. Maybe not. Maybe it was just like a zillion posts I saw. I mean, you're on my you're on my feed, so it could have just been you posting, right? So, but I'm sure I've seen ads. Yeah, no, I, I, so yeah, I don't, I don't fully know. Um, I think that the way, the best way to, you know, to do ads is uh, obviously one hyper targeted and two, um, you got to get on the new platforms ASAP and milk it until it's not until everybody's on it and then your dollars don't go as far. So mm -hmm. I'm sure that a TikTok ad goes farther in 2021 than a Facebook ad because less people are yep. utilizing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and you know, use, utilizing each individual platform for what it is, and not just coming in with like a blanket uh, ad buy. You know, like if you do like a YouTube uh, a YouTube buy or whatever, like you can pick like the best part of your song that mm -hmm. people are going to. Whereas, like on obviously on Facebook, it doesn't auto play yep. anything. Um, so yeah, like just utilizing the functionalities of the different platforms mm -hmm. cool did you did you have more on that current or can we go oh, on no no that was a good answer that's <clears throat> we got about 15 minutes left tops i think so I, we need to burn through the last part so uh bradley so you are ba so basically you're at banger exclaim and you do occasional occasionally write for decibel still correct that's it yeah i write for decibel sometimes i uh I write for, I write for AP sometimes, but yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty checked pretty checked out of journalism. If I'm being honest with you, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, but, but, I prefer so, doing this stuff. Yeah, but you're but I mean you still you, I mean you're still the editor at Exclaim and you're you're still doing banger stuff. So um, I want to ask how should people like you you've talked about this on my prior podcast, but um, me and Corinne have been talking about how to properly pitch journalists and she's going to probably be different than what you want because you have a different background and you're also an editor. So how do you like to be pitched when someone's pitching you? 
I mean, I, I appreciate when somebody understands, you know, what the publication is is about. Um, so, you know, in, in, with Exclaim, for example, it's very uh, Canada heavy. It didn't, you know, necessarily, I think it started out that way and then it kind of became like more homogenous over time. And then yep. I think over the pandemic kind of, um, you know, a lot of publications have kind of doubled down on what made them them and what, what they do that's special. And so Exclaim has, you know, focused more on Canadian stuff. And so I appreciate when, you know, somebody comes and pitches me something with a, an actual Canadian angle, especially when I've told them that, like, I don't expect everybody to, you know, be an, on the site enough to recognize that we've done that change again. Yep. But when I've told them that and they just keep coming back with like random, you know, <laughs> band from X country, whatever. Um, there's like, this Brazilian band. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I'm not opposed to that kind of stuff, but it's just like, damn, like, do like, does your country have a, um, a similar publication to exclaim where it's like, you know, the music publication for that, like you should focus on that before you worry about, you know, breaking, uh, international or whatever. Cause it's just, it's, if you're not coming over here to tour and like your label doesn't even have proper like distro over here or whatever, like you're probably not going to get much out of this. It's, you know, um, I appreciate fully thought out pitches, uh, not just, you know, band is coming there on tour, do an interview, but band is coming over there, over there on tour. And here's an angle, like I did an Ailstorm story and it was like, oh, they're coming to, on a Canada tour. And I'm like, okay, like I hate Canada tour stories. You know what happens every time? Oh, your women are so beautiful. Poutine is great. Uh-huh. Let's <laughs> terrible, terrible. Uh, just very not interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I came back and I'm like, okay, like, yeah, like it'd be cool to do something. I don't think they've ever done, like played a lot of these markets, but like that in itself is kind of a bad story. Um, so I messaged back and there was like, I was like, what other, like what angles are there? What do you got? You don't have a new album coming out. I mean, they did, but you know, it wasn't announced. So there wasn't really anything we could talk about. Uh, and this tour was kind of like closing out the last cycle. It wasn't, it had nothing to do with a new album. Uh, and there was like a, they said like there is a giant inflatable rubber duck shortage because the band had them as like an inflatable stage prop. Uh, mm -hmm. and then, you know, they would throw them out at the end of the set and then eventually, you know, you know, through wear and tear and, uh, you know, for some reason this jackass thinks it's cool to have a knife and stab it. Uh, they ran out of the giant inflatable rubber nut or rubber duck. So they had to get new ones made. And the problem therein becomes, uh, a lot of these places they've never been to and they're smaller towns so they're playing smaller venues and they got like reverse spinal tap with this Stonehenge where like the ducks were actually bigger than they thought they were going to be. <laughs> um, so like they were like, can these even fit in these venues? Um, so yeah, when they said like they're like in giant inflatable rubber duck shorts, I'm like, that's a fucking funny story. I'm like, how can I tie it into Canada and the Canada tour? Well, this is the first tour that they're doing with these ducks and you know, there was like a quote where he was just like, yeah, like, we don't know if these will fit in the venue. And if they do, like, they might be dangerously close to the lighting fixtures and cause fires and stuff. So I was like, okay, like, this is like a funny story. So I, I appreciate when people come in with um, full pitches and why it would work for me as a writer or us as a publication. And I, I was talking to somebody recently, and they I don't remember who, but they, they said that they got in like a pretty sizable publication because they just came and they're like, we, we have this angle and then it kind of can go in this direction and then this direction. And then like this publication was like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Cause you just did, you know, 50% of the work for this person. Cause they don't have to like dig in before they even agree to it, which is, 
kind of a th it's like a it's a thankless work because nobody knows you did it if you just say no but like you've done a lot of research to see if it makes sense for your publication uh so i think you know like a more specific pitch is 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 almost always going to be better um and then you know obviously you say at the end like if you have any other ideas like by all means feel free which you know journalists will do anyways because yep. you know it's their um art if you want um but yeah just coming in super specific and then if they're like no i'd rather just do a general one about the about the album like that's fine too you know cool um so now other than exclaim so how would someone pitch you for like banger or decibel or do you get get that assigned to you uh well but yeah uh it's with uh banger especially i mean one it's planned super far out in advance yeah uh two it's not really as much my call you know i'm just a i'm a yeah. contributor i'm not you know it, it, the editor or in this case the producer um that being said if i really like something i can you know throw like make a case for it um but in that case like you're probably not coming to me making a case for it for me to make a case for it because i'm probably already into it um i'm sure there's been you know maybe one time in in my like career if you want to call it that there where they somebody came to me with a band and was like i think you'd really like this and i liked it and i'm like yeah i actually want to push this yeah. um and then yeah with decibel yeah it's like sometimes i'm assigned and sometimes i'll be like hey like i think this band is cool and i think they're putting a song out can i kind of do that um Fair. But, you know ultimately you know it has to go through somebody other than me so i yeah. could think a band is great but it could be very much not in decibel style and like it's just like it just doesn't happen yeah, no, I figured. I just wanted to check because um, I know that's probably a common question. Okay, so other than what you said for the exclaim and the Canadian angle, is there anything else that you like, that you appreciate having when you're being pitched specifically? I mean, I think it's just like the, the general stuff. I mean, like include a bio, um, you know, include the music somewhere that I can stream it, not download it. I don't want to download your fucking album if I've never even heard yep. it, you know? Yep. Um, yep. Fucking. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, then like if we're like setting up a premiere or whatever, like fucking know how you're know how to do it, you know, like know how know how to set up like a fucking, you know, a, a band camp exclusive embed. So I don't have to come bother you and, you know, don't make your youtube thing public until the next day just general like uh good practice things that a lot yep. of band dudes don't know for whatever reason band dudes yep. band pals, band. especially the band camp embeds i've had more problems with those than like anything else yep. the entire time i've been working for metal injection it's they always do them wrong i mean it's really easy there's a fucking instructional thing on how to do it like i just don't understand how everybody fucks it up all the time it's just like yep. there's a step by step I'll tell you guys something. I do send like just just, just for both of your guys' knowledge. I always send the instructions from Bandcamp yeah. on how to do the fucking thing. Yeah. And you're right, ninety eight percent of the time they still fuck it up, and it's amazing to me. I don't understand it, but yeah, I I, I think I've done it for a band before. I can't remember who, but like they just couldn't figure it out. I'm like, just give me your fucking Bandcamp. Line. That's what like, I do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I've done that too. Yeah. Just, I, yeah. Password now. Like, just help me help you, man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to do this, you know, in the easiest yeah. way possible. And 
honestly at this point for me to have to keep going back to you and saying change this change this like it's easier if i just do it just give me your login do you trust me let's go you know exactly exactly i've had to do uh, that twice now <laughs> i've had many times too uh so Kryn, do you have any more questions on pitching before i ask the final question nope go for it comment okay all right so final thing here is so bradley yes. so since you are now a marketing manager with Brand to Sacrifice, are you looking to expand your horizons and do this with other bands or is this your sole baby? No, I mean, I, I do it. I do it with other bands too. Um, I'm doing it with Of Sulfur, which is Ricky Hoover. He used to sing in Suffocate. It's his oh. first new music in a decade. Um, so we have a single out um, and we're, you know, working towards more. And I, you know, I'm doing this band Carcosa. Uh, it's funny, they actually followed a very similar, uh, I don't want to say car career path. It feels weird to say career path when you're talking about metal, because it's like, yeah. it's, it is, but it's also, you know, you we work in music about killing people. So like, who really cares? Um, <laughs> but, you know, they were like, Brand of Sacrifice used to be in the After Image, which was like a genty uh, metalcore band. And uh, they went deathcore and found more success. And same thing with Carcosa. They used to be in like a genty metalcore band called Galactic Pegasus. And, you know, they went deathcore and are finding like, you know, infinitely more success than they had there within like a year of the band launching. Um, and yeah, Andrew, who plays in that band, is also like a pretty successful uh, metal YouTuber. And Johnny does it as well. And Johnny plays an angel maker as well. Uh, so I, I really like these. I like bands that I... Uh, are not just of bands, but they're just like little empires, you know, with, you know, with brand of sacrifice, like they <laughs> self-produce and, and mix and, you know, they do a lot of the graphics and, and, you know, video stuff in-house, like not the music videos, but like, you know, promotional videos, like, yep. you know, of like our new merch line and, you know, they do our, we, like we do our own like look, merch things. Like we did, we uh, like released our album with um, indie merch and rising merch because, you know, who wants to fulfill thousands of orders like that. But when we do like an individual like merch drop, uh, you know, we do that ourselves. And then, um, yeah. And then, you know, they've got their Shibori threads, which is like a, uh, a tie dye merch company that we do collabs with other bands. So it's like, I, I like these bands that are kind of uh, little empires. And it's like the same thing with, you know, Carcosa where it's like they're YouTubers and, and Andrew's also, so Andrew does the YouTube thing and he's also in the band and then, you know, Johnny does some YouTube stuff too, but he's also, you know, overplaying an angel maker who is a successful, um, you know, Canadian deathcore band as well. Also independent, also blood blast. Um, and I, yeah, I just think I like that kind of thing because it means, you know, one, they can execute on multiple levels Two, they've executed on multiple levels before I'm even involved. So I can kind of tap in and get involved rather than having to revamp the whole fucking thing. Uh, I work with a band called Nightwell. They're like an emo pop punk band, but like as is, uh, you know, the the direction of that scene in general, it's like super poppy. Um, and, and those guys, you know, they, they play in a bunch of different bands. Like the singer has like a project, which, and I, oh, fuck man, I don't even know if this is like the right genre because this isn't really my realm, but I think it's kind of like an R&B kind of styled thing um and you know some of the guys have done like like new metal metal core bands and like heavier bands and you know yeah you know they, they all just kind of do their their own thing like the one guitar player in the band is a producer and is co-written for a bunch of like successful bands in you know in the scene and on bigger labels so i like to tap they do all their video content in-house as well so it's like i just like to work with uh like those kind of bands and yeah there's some other bands that i've spoken to and with that I uh, 
can't really fully say anything about it uh, but it's uh it's picking up pretty heavily pretty quickly and i think that's another reason that i'm you know with some of these bands that i'm kind of only tapping in when they're like when they've got the the empire thing going on like that they've executed themselves up until now whereas like if i get hella busy with like one of these like like uh artists who's releasing some like bajillion dollar campaign i can uh you know give these uh these bands the roadmap and say like this is, yep. this is what you need to do and trust them to execute it with the attention mm-hmm. to detail it deserves um and you know they'll come to me if they have any questions but i don't have to worry about you know holding their hands uh so i do yep. that as much as i can but you know knowing that you know something could pick up at any given moment i uh, i really like to work with bands who have a proven track record of yeah. um executing stuff with care yeah fair enough Okay, so we're about running out of time. Um, Corinne, do you have anything to wrap up with, Bradley, or are you good? No, I think we've covered a lot of information for people to digest. He's got a lot of good pointers about organic reach and everything like that, and yep. not getting into ads too early, because that's a huge mistake that people people tend to make. So, uh, no, I just want to say thank you again for being on the podcast with us. Definitely appreciated to have all this information out there for people. Yeah, no worries. Hopefully it helps somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it will. It will. And Bradley, we're going to have you back. Obviously, I think you were the, the you were the most featured guest on the Dumb and Dumbest podcast next to uh, Lindsay Schoolcraft before. So we'll have to. Ah, uh, she fucking surpassed me. I was I was ahead of her at one point. Motherfucker. Yeah, I was. I was. You guys tweeted about it that I was ahead of her, but then she because she had to reschedule. That's right. And then she she came back. So motherfucker. Well, I'll, have to, well, I'll have to have you back. Like maybe. Uh, another month and then you can set the record again Uh, anyways party on Corey. party on curtis party on bradley party if you enjoyed this podcast please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice you can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about Thanks for listening to C-Squared.